0: Hello, and welcome to Quick Charge. I'm Mikey G, and it's Saturday, December 30th. Tesla has leaked its PowerShare mobile connector through its user manual, but it's so far unclear how it's different from Tesla's regular mobile connector. With the launch of the Cybertruck, Tesla announced its new PowerShare bi-directional charging system. The new feature will enable Tesla vehicles, starting with the truck, to PowerShare with other vehicles, a home, and other things, now the company says that the Powerwall owners already have the required hardware, and if not, you can use Tesla's universal wall connector and gateway products. But now it looks like Tesla is also planning hardware specifically for PowerShare. Tesla released a user manual for something called PowerShare Mobile Connector. Now the name would imply that it enables bi-directional charging, but it's possible this feature hasn't been enabled quite yet. A Tesla Cybertruck just had a real-world crash for the first time as people are trying to determine the level of safety of the electric truck. The accident happened in Palo Alto and involved a Toyota Corolla, which lost control and got into the Cybertruck's lane, causing the crash. The only reported injury was a minor one to the driver who declined transportation to the hospital. So far, that's a good sign, considering that there were three people in the Cybertruck. Now, while observing the damage from the layman's perspective isn't terribly definitive for us, this very crash might come in handy for Tesla. Interestingly, it looks like the vehicle doesn't have a foundation series etching, which could mean that it's an employee vehicle. Now, that would mean that Tesla could acquire the unit and study it to see how it goes. According to a recent patent that was filed by the U.S. Patent Office and discovered by Electrek, it looks like Rivian is going for something that's kind of like a Tesla Powerwall. The patent shows an image of an electric vehicle hooked up to an energy storage device. The device can provide power to a home, a vehicle, a campsite, and more. It can be fixed, in position, or portable. At home, the device can provide energy to and from an electric vehicle or the grid. On the go, it can be used for powering lights, accessories, cooking, and entertainment. The device contains a battery pack that can send, receive, and store energy from the grid or the vehicle. So it's a lot of the same things for Powerwall, including the capability of connecting to a solar panel. I'm not really a patent expert, so I'm not sure how this is special or why it would deserve its own patent. You can let me know what you think. Two months after Rivian started delivering electric vehicles with its long anticipated max battery pack, we're seeing our first real-world range comparisons to the other options from Rivian. And the results are okay, really not that okay. Now, despite over fifty miles more for the EPA range compared to the Lard Pack, the first real-world test of the Max Pack shows a gap that is significantly lower. Kyle Connor and the team at Out of Spec Reviews took two Rivian R1Ts, one with the Large Pack and one with the (laughs) not so well named larger Max Pack. Max Pack is the biggest, then there's large. Now they put them through these same tests and they found a difference of 22 miles. Now, for a cost difference of $10,000, that's a really difficult upsale. The Max Pack is actually the same physical size as the less expensive option, but it's just more energy efficient and energy dense. Now, while that's certainly impressive for the engineering team to attain better battery with the same footprint and weight, when rubber hits the road, it seems a little less compelling. <music> Fisker's stock is going up after announcing EV deliveries climbed over 300% from last quarter. With 1,097 Ocean EVs sold in the third quarter, that suggests that Fisker delivered around 3,600 in the fourth quarter. Most of the EVs delivered were the Fisker Ocean 1 launch edition, starting around $70,000. Earlier this week, Fisker handed over their first Ocean Sport model, which features 231 miles of range and starts at under $40,000. So they're finally working their way down the totem pole. Fisker's stock was up around 20% on Friday following the news. Although Fisker is growing, the EV maker is still far from where they had expected to be at this time. Fisker initially said that they aim to produce 42,400 EVs this year. That was lowered to 32, or 36 in May. And then Fisker cut its production guidance to just over 10,000 earlier this month. Now, that target they did hit, (laughs) reporting 10,142 EVs built in the year of 2023. (music) The fallout from robo-taxi company Cruise continues, as now General Motors has just filed a lawsuit against San Francisco for $121 million. They're doing so for what they call unfair taxes and penalties, General Motors argues that San Francisco was unfairly tying its global revenue to Cruz's side of the business, tallying up a taxable bill of $3 billion last year alone, rather than a more modest figure generated by General Motors alone. Now, since 2016, when GM bought Cruz, which is headquartered in San Francisco, General Motors has paid $108 million in city taxes, plus $13 million in interest. And now the company is suing to get it back. General Motors has been hemorrhaging money from its big bet on Cruise, having lost $1.9 billion